podcast uses profanity and topics may be disturbing for some listeners. Listen at your own risk. Welcome back to Hell on Yale's podcast. I'm Bryce. I'm Amanda. And hey, you guys, we've finally caught up. We're, hey! We're in the same month. When you're hearing this, it's January. When we're recording yeah. this, it's January. It's only like two weeks out, right? Uh, no, this one will come out a week. Oh, we should hurry up. Yeah, look, <laughs> we um we took some time off for the holidays mm-hmm. and for life, and Amanda had like a baby or something. So yeah, he's right there. See, this one's quiet. Do you hear? Listen, I hear nothing. My first one was not like that. She's still not like that. That's because James got the good one jeans on the first one. Like the first child, you know how they're always like the first child's the best or whatever. Oh yeah, that's what I tell people. He robbed me of my first child because yeah, his first child was Jack, and Jack's like the perfect child. He's great. Okay, he's not perfect, but he's a really good, responsible kid. And then I have Annie, who's Bryce. I swear to God, me, Annie, and Jack were sitting at the we were eating breakfast today, and this heifer, she was doing something, and I was like, "Do you want to go time out?" And she goes, "Yeah." And I'm like, what? And she goes, yeah. And Jack goes, ooh. And so she got down and went to time out. Because, ma'am, you're too, it's too young for that. I'm not ready. She was like, yeah, I dare you. Put me in time out, ma. Yeah. And mom did. did. Was she fine with it? Was she like, this is fine. I don't care. Uh, she was humming a tune. Because we she made her fine. go... Not necessarily to a corner, but we make her go to the wall. She turns around and she has to stand there facing the wall with her hands up above her head. Because facing the wall is not good enough. Was she humming to the window, to the walls? I hope she wasn't, but that's all I'm thinking. That would be kind of funny, but no, she wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're just going to have fun with the toddler stage. We're having a blast. <clears throat> yeah, <clears throat> I believe it. I believe it. But, We're great. Um, Everything's great. How are you? I'm good. I've got some updates on some cases that we've covered. We'll do that mm-hmm. in a minute. So I'm excited to get through those. Um, but holidays were good. Um, I'm trying to think what happened. When was the last time we recorded? Early November? I've been sick since early November. I have had whatever is going around, which everyone is complaining about, this super cold or whatever. I've had a cough for two freaking months at this point. Uh, Congestion for like a month. I'm just, I'm falling apart. Okay, I'm falling apart. And I'm I'm not, I'm not ready for it. Are we ever? If I were 30, I would be ready for it. But I'm not there yet. Okay. I've got a few more, got a few more months in uh, my 20s. Enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. But we'll, we'll see. (laughs) Um, what else? I don't think we really did. Oh, this one's a big one. Oh. Hold on. Hold on, guys. Okay. okay. Cody finally finished our flooring in our house. Shut the front door. He, it's done. It's all the way into the kitchen now. The vinyl? Yeah. It's done. I kind of feel bad for not buying him a Christmas gift now. Oh, I wouldn't. I didn't buy okay. him a Christmas gift. <laughs> <laughs> I was his Christmas gift. He gets another blissful year with me. He's welcome. Um, I got James a cookbook, but only because I was buying the kids books and I was like, James was like this. Oh. <laughs> so I got him one. That was very nice of you. Yeah. I bought us pots and pans. Ooh, we talked about the pots and pans. Are they great? We haven't opened them yet. 
that's makes it even more exciting for some reason. It, we haven't opened them because Cody's been working on the flooring. And I'm like, I'm oh. not. If you're painting and working on flooring, I'm not pulling out these brand new pots and pans for you to get paint and dust and everything all over. So, But, so from what I'm hearing, you have fresh paint, new complete floors, and a brand new set of pans. You are killing it at adult life. I also got um, new baskets, new laundry baskets. There's a fourth one, but it's next to me. Mm-hmm. And we have new like utensils, like spatulas and stuff that we got <gasps> not opened yet. Um, and new mixing bowls. I'm really jealous. Yeah, it was a pretty good Christmas. We 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 made out with a lot of stuff. So. I'm just imagining you aggressively kissing a spatula right now. Because you said you made oh. out with a lot of stuff. So that's not that's the picture not in my head. Out. I also welcome. got me a Stanley to figure out what the hype is. I don't understand Stanleys still. It's nothing special. Um, I think it's something about the ice. My ice does not stay. But it oh. also might be my ice. I don't exactly pack my ice in there. And they're okay. circular. What? Why? Because that's the ice we have. Your fridge makes that? We we don't have um, an a, ice maker. Yeah, an ice maker on the fridge. So we make the ice and it's circular. Because of an ice tray, right? Or Correct. do you do it yourself? No, it's, I carve it out every time I just <laughs> chisel away. No, it is. There is a tray that does it for us. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we have not been good at keeping that full. And so <laughs> I can't fill my water cup with ice. Mm-hmm. So that might be part of the problem. Granted. Um, I don't feel like I need cold water. Water's water. I don't like cold water. I like room temperature water. I'm one of those people. I'm okay. I'm fine either way. I guess it depends on the situation. If I'm like out in the sun and dying of thirst, I probably want ice cold water. But like I'm st- middle middle of winter, I'm that doesn't matter. Just give me water. I'm still room temperature all the time. But I have um my teeth are bitches and I have really sensitive teeth. Oh, okay. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe that's why? I don't know. Maybe. Some mornings, like, in the summer, like, it's not even cold. I'll wake up and take a sip of coffee, and I'm like, okay, that hurts. So, I don't know. Maybe that has something to do with it. You're just falling apart all over the place. Oh, yeah. I suck. Oh, that reminds me. Did I tell you what else I got for Christmas? No. I got an appointment with a hematologist. Oh, you did tell me about this. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so that's fun. Yeah. Um, especially you also sent me the paperwork about your death. It's crazy, yeah. Um, uh-huh. The hematologist they sent me to is at a cancer institute. Um, so they sent me, the lady on the phone, she was, first of all, they were like, my doctor, he was very much like, okay, let's rewind a little bit. So Bryce already knows, but during my um, childbirth, I hemorrhaged over a liter of blood and they couldn't figure out why. So my doctor was like, you sh- oh, I have a family history of hemophilia and Van's Willebrands. So Von Willebrands, I don't know how to say it. The, the female hemophilia. Okay. There you go. Um, so she was like, Oh, you should get tested for that. And I'm like, okay, that sounds fine. So I go to my general practitioner and tell him what's up. I went for that and something else. I don't remember the else. Who knows? Oh, <laughs> I have arthritis in my hands because of the ulcerative colitis. That's the other. I'm telling you, I'm 83. Um, so he's very much like, oh, the chances are really low, even if you have it in your family, but we'll go ahead and do the test and send it back. But 
probably don't have it. I'm like, fine, that's great. And then they call me and they're like, we're going to set you up an appointment with a hematologist. And I'm like, okay, you really set me up for disappointment here, doc, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. And Especially because they didn't confirm anything. They just said, we're going to give you an appointment with a specialist. They told me nothing. They're just like, we're going to refer you to these people. They'll call you and set you up an appointment. Okay, guys, that's fine. But when I actually got to Googling it and I was like, James, they're sending me to a cancer hospital. They're sending me to a cancer place. I got to go. Why do I got to see a doctor that's cancer? She's a, that's what she does. She's, she does blood stuff and cancer. And I'm like, okay. Okay. Really trying to stay positive here. Um, We're going to stay super positive. Yeah. Um, We're going to stay positive that you're going to walk in and she's going to be like, I have no idea why the freak you're here. I'm going to be like, that's fantastic. So I don't have to pay for this, right? If you don't know why I'm here. She's going to be like, (laughs) no, we're still billing your insurance and you. (laughs) But ma'am, it's January and you could have done this in December. It's true. Yeah. You jerks. But so yeah, I'll keep you updated on that. I still got a few weeks. Well, I'm excited to hear about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to to see what's going on, and I'm apparently excited to be coached on a living will because oh yeah, that's what Bryce was talking about. That's the paperwork they sent me. They're like, "Do you have a will? Do you want a will?" Uh, oh, did they ask you if you wanted one? It was four options, and it's like I have one, but I don't want to share it. I have one. I'll give it to you. I don't have one. Can someone talk to me about it? And I don't have one, but something else. There wasn't just an, I don't have one option, which is why I was so anxious. Cause like, huh? So apparently I will learn about them. Oh, okay. Amanda will give us a lesson on that later in a mm-hmm. few episodes. I'm sure. Yes. About two uh, weeks. So when this comes out, you'll have to wait two weeks, but Bryce won't. I won't. I'll have an update. I'll probably have an update the day it happens. Yes. Which I'm fine with. Like, I'll hear it all the time. But um, I'm trying to think where there. Listen, it's been a long time and I've gotten a lot of bullshit from my dad, in case you're wondering. I there's nothing that shocks me less. I know. I'm trying to think if there's anything that he's sent me that would make you feel better. Um, what about the baseball thing? Uh, guys, my dad, he was real proud. I knew <laughs> about the Wrigley Stadium um, and for the Chicago Cubes. He was really proud of that one. And then I got quizzed. <laughs> okay, let me just find this. So I get a text and he goes, well done on the Chicago Cubes. And I was like, I know a small bit about the Chicago Cubes, enough to know they're a baseball team, okay? And he's like, I'm so proud. I'm more impressed that you knew Wrigley is their home. And I was like, I'm I'm pretty impressed with myself too. Like that got that one was impressive for me. And he goes, Did you know it was Wigham Park before it was Wrigley Field? Nope, I did not. And he goes, It's the second oldest baseball park in America. And I said, What's the oldest? <laughs> and he goes, Fenway in Boston. But keep in mind, I asked him what the oldest was, and it took him like 10 minutes to respond. So it wasn't automatic. Yeah, it wasn't like I knew this. So I was like, did you have to Google that? And he's like, no, I was driving. Yeah, sure, Dad, you were driving. Sure, 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 mm-hmm. sure. He probably was because this was at like seven in the morning. 
And I was like, yeah, sure. So that was my quiz in case you guys were wondering. So now when I know something about sports, I'm just going to play dumb because the quiz was worse than the ridicule I still get about the Sabres. Well, can I save you for a minute? Because I'm kind of confused. I didn't want to say anything. I thought you misspoke, but then you kept saying it. Well, who is this? Which, which baseball team? Chicago Cubes. It's the Chicago Cubs, guys. Okay. We, okay, you probably forgot I've listened to it. I told you that my grandma says Chicago, Chicago. And then, <laughs> I do remember. And then when we were saying Cubs, you're like, no, no, Cubes. And so I've adjusted to Chicago Cubes. Okay. I did forget that. So I'm yeah. like, the first one went past and I'm like, I'm like, she just misspoke. And then they kept coming and I'm like, should I say something? No, no, no. <laughs> that was all intentional. And it's even... Like, in the text, it says Chicago. Like, I just know I'm pronouncing it Chicago. But in the text, we put cube. Like, let me just, hold on. Let me show you it. this. Because me and my dad were not messing around with the Chicago cubes. Like, you can see <laughs> right there, it says cube. Oh, my God. it's blurry, but you can see that. And that was from my dad. I approve of this. Um <laughs> Hopefully that reminder makes you feel a little better about your hematology appointment. What hematology appointment? You don't have a hematology appointment. <laughs> I forgot all about that. I was still <laughs> thinking about the Chicago cubes. No, Chicago cubes. Excuse me, Chicago cubes. Yeah, Chicago. You gotta say it phonetically. Chicago cubes. Chicago, yeah. So, um, I, I don't think there's anything else. I've gotten a lot, guys. I should have written everything down, but I got a lot of bullshit from my dad all the time. Um, over our break. That, that would be a whole nother podcast we would have that, to do. We would have to do a special on that one. Like, mm -hmm. uh, But a lot of times he called me, and I just didn't remember. So if he texts me, I can remember that. If he's called me in one ear, out the other. Okay. But uh, there's that. And then... I'm sorry. I did remember one useful thing that your dad said, and it was you were on the phone with him, but you were relaying it to me in text messages. The difference hmm. in what was it? Um, inmate and prisoner? Inmate and prisoner. Yeah. I never knew that there was a difference between those two things when somebody is either in prison or I think just being held in jail. Is that right? Yes. I'm trying to see if I can find it. I'm pretty sure inmate is prison. Yes. Prisoner was jail. Mm-hmm. An um, inmate, like, they have been convicted, they're done, they're in there. Whereas it, yeah. prisoner, they're, I mean, yeah, prisoner, they're just, they could be potentially being held until their trial. Wait, yeah. potentially? No, they are being held until trial. Um, not Because sometimes if it's, like, a short-term stay, they'll stay in jail, to my understanding. Like, oh, if they're like, like DUIs and stuff? Yeah. Okay, got you. Um, yes, there was a whole conversation that I relayed to Amanda via text message. Um where it is i don't know we've texted a lot apparently <laughs> this happened because we you asked we asked about the hole at the jail at my dad's work mm -hmm. which by the way guys it was much worse at the jail yeah. <laughs> not saying like terrible but boy oh boy was it different so they did let's see okay i found it i found it um, they did have the hole in one of the jails. In one of the older ones, they did not have the hole. They had the chair, which Amanda <laughs> hated so much. And I yeah. explained it was, you know, later in the time and it could be like sentence, like the judge could say, you're going to be in the chair for 24 hours or whatever it is, but they couldn't do it 24 consecutive hours. 
So it was a punishment. I'm sorry, I'm trying to find it. Okay, so they had a chair. It was used for unruly prisoners that wouldn't calm down or as a punishment handed down from a judge. The judge could order them to spend, like an example, 24 hours in the chair. Rules with that were they could only have someone in the chair for up to two hours a day. During that time, a nurse would have to monitor them and guards would loosen straps, like alternate which straps are loosened every 30 to 60 minutes, sometimes based off of the nurse's directions. Um, And this was so they didn't lose too much blood flow. So if they were sentenced to like 24 hours, they would do that two hours a day for almost two weeks. So. Which just feels worse. Feels all of it feels like it sucks, but at least they're they have had a nurse monitoring different times, guys. I don't know what years this was. This was one of the older jails that my dad worked at. So they they made accommodations, and my dad was in law enforcement for twenty plus years, or maybe twenty ish. I don't remember. It was twenty something years. Um, but I mean, different times, different times. So I still yeah, feel like so. it's. I I think I would rather just be in the chair for 24 hours straight because oh, that's the a accommodation. Issue. Yeah, but the accommodations are also issues for me personally. Maybe it's just me because now I have a daily appointment with my punishment within my punishment. Okay, so we have tiers of appoint of punishment appointments punishment. here. You have a punishment with your sub punishment. Yes, exactly. <laughs> And on top of that, within this, it is also a punishment that I have this nurse staring at me the whole time. Oh, not only that is um, how he explained where it was. It was kind of in like an area where everyone could see it. And he, I think they said they put a helmet on them so they're not bashing their head. But like the be. area, yeah, the area that that chair was in was like, I think I even said where it was. Um, so it's not just one set of eyes from the nurse it is everybody's like oh, look at that loser her appointment's at two o'clock she literally just yeah. ate and now she has yeah, to sit so, in this chair for two hours yeah and it's at the oxbow jail the chair was punishment but also anyone that came through the jail would see the person in the cha- chair yeah so no. it was it was different again they still had a nurse monitoring making sure they had blood flow they did protective gear on their head i guess but um, different times and different different things. So no, I, and really I don't know don't what like it. <laughs> I assume that was earlier on in his career because that would have been the old jail and not mm-hmm. the one of the newer ones that was or the newer one that was built. That would have been like but, the '60s for him, right? No, that would have <laughs> been like the. My dad will be insulted because he was not alive in the '60s. Okay. <laughs> no, if I had to guess for real, I would guess that was like late '80s, early '90s. 90s probably 90s late late 90s yeah just based on when they revamped the punishments i guess because mm-hmm. up in like 60s and 70s we were still kicking people in a literal hole and being like see you in six days sayonara <laughs> so anyways yeah so that's been some of the fun um we've had a lot i've had a lot from my dad but my dad is also pretty don't let this go to your head dad you're pretty great but I will make sure to talk shit about you later, okay? It's okay. He was born in the 60s, remember? He can barely hear. (laughs) I mean, he can barely hear. I'll give you that. (laughs) So, okay. Are you ready to hear some updates about some of the cases we've been kind of... We've covered these cases and we've, to an extent, followed them. 
Um, I just happen to have some updates on a couple of them. But I'm really excited to hear updates, yes. Okay. So these are actually all cases I've done. Um, I did look on the ones that you've done that are on the spreadsheet, and I just don't see anything. So the ones I have, John Venables. Do you remember him? Um, Him and his buddy, really young. I can't remember. They were like 8, 9, or 10, somewhere around there. Killed a a two-year-old. Yeah, um, they picked him up at the butcher shop. They picked him up at the mall. But yeah, the the butcher butcher shop shop in the mall. Yes, yes, correct. So John Venables, he was the one that was kind of, after their parole, I guess, or whatever, their release, um, he was the one that continued to cause trouble. And he was potentially, so he's been in and out of jail. The other one, I can't remember his name because he's just not in the news. Um, And I didn't pull up my notes. But John Venables, he was in jail. And an update from the 13th of December, 2023, so very recent, is that he will not be released from jail. The parole board stated, quote, after considering the circumstances of his offending, the progress made while in custody and on license and the evidence presented in the dossier, dossier? I think it, I think it's the dossier, but I think it can go dossier. either way. I don't know. Uh, the panel was not satisfied that release at this point would be safe for the protection of public. So at this time, he is going to remain in custody. Good. Um, so that's the update that we have there. I know that the victim's family, I want to say his name's James. Oh my gosh. I feel really bad because I don't remember and I didn't pull up the notes. But he's going to remain in jail and I know the family is fighting to keep him in jail for the rest of his life. Okay. Can't say that I blame them. Mm-hmm. The next one I have. Let's do Cameron Hooker. So Cameron Hooker, uh, if you guys don't remember that case, that's the girl in the box. He, him and his wife abducted a young lady that was hitchhiking, um, Colleen Stan. She ended up being kept in captivity with them for years. Um, She was afraid of this organization that they created, all of that. So I could look up the episode number. I'm sorry, I haven't done that. Um, But essentially, at the time where we left off, he was being... I don't want to say considered for parole because it wasn't quite that. It was like an elderly prisoner program. But he has a trial set for March 2024. At least that's the latest update. And this is to determine if he is a sexually violent predator. And this was after a hearing in November in 2023. So we'll keep looking for updates on him to see if there are any updates when he goes through this trial to determine if he is a sexually violent predator. What was his last name one more time? I'm sorry. Hooker? Okay, he that is episode eighty-eight. Cameron Hooker, mm-hmm. Colleen Stan, okay. Cameron Hooker. Um, will you look up? I think it's James Bulger, B U L G E R. I think that was episode one hundred three. So John Venables one hundred three, and then Brandon Lawson is the last one I have an update on. So this was a disappearance, kind of a mysterious circumstances. Nobody quite knows what happened. Um, by the time we got to the story, there were some updates that remains had been found, but not yet identified via DNA. There was very little DNA left. Um, but this was an update from the Facebook page his family runs on October 30th. And it says, quote, good afternoon, community. We have a small update regarding the human remains found in February of last year. Since our last post, the laboratory has been continuing to try to pull any kind of DNA or genetic markers from the remains. A few weeks ago, one of the tests was able to extract some information. This test confirms that the remains are, in fact, those of a male. 
The test was also able to extract some genetic markers that can be compared to DNA from Brandon's father in an attempt to ID them as being Brandon. While the Texas Ranger in charge of Brandon's case stressed not to hang all our hopes on this news, he did say that he was feeling positive about it, as are we. We ask for continued prayers for the laboratory results and the Lawson family. The Ranger was not able to give a timeline for when the analysis will be complete, but we're hoping it will be soon. So that was from his family. Um, I'm going to double check that there was no other updates. I don't, I saw them today and I didn't see anything other than holiday things, but now I'm questioning if I missed something. And Brandon Lawson, that was episode 107. Okay. So there you guys have it. So those are the updates we could find. There might be other cases that have updates that we haven't covered. Uh, Cases such as Gypsy Rose Blanchard. Um, If you guys are big on true crime, follow that. She was just Mm -hmm. released. Like a couple um, days ago, right? Weeks, maybe? December 28th. Uh, days ago for us. Yeah, days. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're not covering any of those updates. So we'll we'll cover those updates when we have, or when we cover that story. Um, but for things like Gypsy Rose Blanchard, that was a really big update that she was released. She was also asked to leave the state of, I think it was Kansas? I think it was, I think it was Kansas. Kansas. Um, so she's returning to her home state. Um. But yeah, so we'll keep updates on those as we go. But we're planning to cover Gypsy Rose Blanchard soon as well. Um, But those are some of the updates we wanted to share. I don't know. Did you have any other updates on cases? I think so far I'm the only one that's been checking them regularly. Yeah, um, I do. I have some uh, Google. Oh, God. What are they called? Where basically Google sends you an, uh, an email when they get updated. Mm-hmm. and no they're all crap <laughs> i need okay. to redo them to specific names but yeah okay i don't feel too bad then because i did check yours as well um or the ones that you have on here and i just didn't see anything so hope you're not offended i'm not i'm actually appreciative okay good um all right are you almost ready to get into stories yes uh i am requesting a drink real quick <laughs> Okay, well, you go get a drink, and while you do that, I'm going to talk about... I'm not going to get a drink. I'm making my husband bring me one. I'm requesting my husband bring me one. Oh, she gave me a really weird look, so I thought she was just going to go get a drink, (laughs) and I was going to tell you guys about our socials while she walked away. I didn't realize James was home, okay? I thought he was driving Jack. Oh, you didn't see him just walk across the living room? I wasn't paying attention. Okay. I was reading updates. Mm-hmm. Oh, you oh. were busy. You were doing yeah. actual work. There. Yeah. Oh, wow. Even on a platter. Give me he's, that damn. I love you. He's Extra a ass. professional there. Did you see he had a glove on as well? I did. I saw the glove. I saw, I don't know <laughs> what type of platter he had it on, but it came on a platter. It was a cutting board. Well, he even like bowed. I'm like, surprised he didn't have the towel draped over the other arm. He loses points for that one. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, well, weird. It tastes better when your drinks are served on a platter. <laughs> I bet it would be even better if he had the towel and he had like his arm behind his back mm-hmm. and, and he called me gloves. madam. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's fine. We'll we'll keep training him on that one. But, yeah. All right. So since Amanda has her drinks, let her drink. I shouldn't say drinks. Like you have multiple. <laughs> Let's go ahead and talk about our socials. So we do have Facebook. 
Twitter, Instagram, all of those up. Twitter is Hell on Heels Pod. Facebook, Instagram, Hell on Heels Podcast. All of those are up and going. We post our pictures. I should say Amanda posts our pictures from all of our episodes on all of those <clears throat> different social medias because I edit the episodes. So, mm-hmm. and then we also have our Patreon. So we're working on getting specials out. We still need to do a Dreamlight Valley game night, but I've not heard great things about the multiplayer. So maybe Uh-oh. we'll do, maybe we'll do Phasmophobia or Demonologist or something else. Those are so fun. Mm-hmm. And then we have all of those. Our link trees up. If you can't find any of the links for things, just Hell on Heels podcast link tree. It should come right up. That has all the links for all the things, including platforms that you can listen on. Spotify, Apple. I don't know. What do we have? All of them, I think. All There's of them. Many. Yeah, Amazon, Google. Um, I'm thinking about the one with iHeartRadio. Uh, yes. Yeah. That's the one I, my brain was trying to think of. Um, but those are all up and going. And then if you guys do enjoy our show, just remember to tell friends, family to listen. That's how we're going to be able to grow, uh, create more content for you guys. So um, we just want to always have that shout out and that on the back of your head. And then I don't think there's anything else. Are you ready? As I'm going to be. <clears throat> okay, let's let's do this. Okay. I wanted to shout out the documentary that I watched. It's literally free on uh that thing with the videos youtube, YouTube thank you oh wow i knew because you always <laughs> watch things on youtube it's free Discovery on youtube plus and youtube for you those are my oh i love them oh my god discovery plus has all the good stuff uh, it does it is a documentary done by a and e and the date was may 13th of 2023 so maybe that's why i come across it so easily um, but it is a documentary on Risa Trexler and it's just, it's really sad. It's, I would say it's kind of equally maybe about Risa and her sister, Jody. <clears throat> and we'll get into all that. Risa, she was born in Salisbury, North Carolina, which makes me want a steak with gravy. It's a small town. Uh, kids were pretty much given free range to play by themselves outside. Nobody locked their doors. Everybody knew everybody. You know, we hear about this stuff all the time. The quintessential neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. uh, Risa, she was born October 10th, 1968. Uh, At the time of our story, she was 15 years old. She was going to be a junior. It was that summer going into her junior year of high school. She was described as fun. She was a great friend. She was kind of always there. She was good-natured. Always smiling. She lived in a nice neighborhood, and Risa shared a bedroom with her 13-year-old sister, Jody. So there's a two-year age difference between them. And they were pretty close, but Jody said they still occasional, occasionally fought over the, you know, your typical big sister, little sister things. Plus, they shared a bedroom. I feel like that's normal. Like It's siblings. And I feel like that doesn't matter even if they share a bedroom. You're still going to kind of fight. Yeah, but I feel like if you share a bedroom, it's going to be probably a little worse because oh, you're in um, your space. No, no, no. I'm not arguing that because I shared a bedroom <laughs> with my sister for a very mm-hmm. long time. And I do remember quite a few tips between us. But my <laughs> point is, is it's pretty normal to have, you know, even arguments. Squats. Squats? 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 <laughs> squats. We did not do squats in that bedroom. We don't do squats today, okay? Spats is what I meant. A spat. I don't know I, why I said squats. 
we i don't she's wishing really <laughs> horrible things on us so no we don't do squats but <laughs> uh my point is is that even as like adults my sister and i have spats i feel like that's normal for any siblings <laughs> but do you have squats what the hell were we talking about oh the bedroom okay she shared a bedroom with her sister um they would have you know the occasional squat and the occasional squat yep and it was i'm just going with it like the cubes the cubes and the squat <laughs> i now know why they're arguing is because they're doing squats oh yeah that'll do it absolutely that will 1000 percent do it they're squat spats so they would still they would still fight occasionally like the sibling things and not only are they their siblings they share a bedroom to get like just a little bit deeper into it they were not the same at keeping uh like risa was said to always have her bed made and i have a picture of their bedroom too that i found that's on different, the drive yeah different personalities yes her bed was made her stuff was stacked neatly and jody was not like that so they but they got along you know they were still close my sister and I were the messy ones. We were both messy. I'm not I'm not even going to argue it. Oh, I'm still messy. Like, I folded clothes. They're folded. But they're not out of the basket yet. So I'm, I'm, in, I'm in a weird, like, limbo. I'm not messy, but I'm not tidy either. Mm-hmm. Whatever. It works for us. <laughs> um, they lived in a good neighborhood, like I said. And their, their family pretty much took up the whole block. So it was really common for them to just walk to an aunt's house or their grandma's house, like right down the street. On June 15th of 1984, Risa had some friends over. They were watching TV. And as soon as the friends leave, uh, one of them had to go to work. And I don't quite remember where the other one went, but they're just hanging out and watching TV for a couple hours. And after they leave, it's just Risa and Jody. Their parents are out. And eventually, Jody realizes that Risa's not in the house. And she says she figured that she probably just walked down to their grandparents' house. Mm-hmm. But as Jody got like halfway to their grandparents' house, she noticed that both of the cars were gone. So now she's like, okay, maybe Risa just, they had to run an errand. Risa went with them. I'll check back later. You know, I'll see her later. Mm-hmm. At about 5 p.m., Walt Monroe. This is Jody and Reese's grandpa. He gets home from the grocery store. And as he's walking through the house, he noticed that the bed in the spare bedroom was messed up, which is really weird. Um, I guess because people make their beds. Do you make your bed? Hell no. No, I don't either. So this would not be weird to me, but. Correction. I go in phases, but they're very short spurts when I do make my bed. Mm-hmm. I'm not in that spurt. If I make my bed. It's right before I lay down to go to bed. So even when I make my bed, I do it wrong. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing is I've heard people say that you're not supposed to make your bed in the morning because, you know, at night you sweat and get all your cooties in there. And if you make your bed, it traps traps all the cooties in there and your sheets aren't able to dry out appropriately. If that's true, I don't know. I don't. That sounds great. I'm just saying that I've heard those rumors. It makes um, sense, because otherwise you're just sleeping in a big cootie Dutch oven. You know who I heard those rumors from? Was it your dad? No, my sister. 
So that's probably why we never made our beds as children. I mean, I just straight up wasn't made to. I wasn't made to make my bed. No, they didn't care. As long as I was out of it and in school, that's pretty much where <laughs> where they were like, okay, I can let this slide. You don't need a clean bed if you're learning. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we did have I, to make our beds when company was coming over. You had company? Not often. We just didn't have company. What little brother had, like, friends over. And I think my older brother did. No, I know for sure my little brother did, but that's my little brother. By that time, they're like, we don't care. Just don't do drugs. Yeah, if anyone was coming over for any per- friends, family, clean that fucking room. We used to, like, wipe down the walls when family... I hated when... It was always bittersweet when family came down. You clean things that you didn't even know could be cleaned. I don't know why we had to clean our room, but, you know, we did. It's my room. Maybe I work better in filth. You know what? I get it if there were kids coming over because, you know, at least be able to find our toys. But if it was just adults, why did I have to clean my room? So they can find the toys. They're not coming in my room if they're just adults. You don't know that. You know those cars you got Annie for Christmas? Those are a hit. There were four grown-ass adults sitting at the table yesterday. Granted, Annie made us, but we were pushing that car back and forth to each other. Look. That's different. Um, were you in her room looking for toys? Oh, we don't have to do that. Her toys are everywhere all the time because they don't stay in her room. Exactly. Exactly <laughs> my point. So that might be my role. Just take them to your room. Once they're in the room, I don't care if you put them, hang them from the ceiling. I don't care. Get Just them out of my... Yeah, be responsible with the ladder and get them out of the dining room. Please. Thanks. Gotcha. I got to start highlighting the last place I was talking. I told you about the grandparents, right? Oh, we were talking about making the bed. Mm-hmm. Can y'all tell we haven't really seen each other in months? We haven't really spoken. We've texted, but that's mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. That is I don't it. know if you can tell. So, okay. He's walked through the house and he's like, that's strange that that bed's not made. Um, and this was also the spare bedroom. So it's even stranger that the bear, the bed wasn't made because this is just, no one uses this room. I can see how that would be strange though. Cause you mm-hmm. clean the spare bedroom after someone leaves, you make the bed. Exactly. If you haven't had guests, why is the bed made up? No, not made up. Right. So he goes to investigate. And as he gets to the room, he sees Reese's body on the floor next to the bed. And he immediately calls the police and he goes outside to wait for him. Jody was hanging out in their room. And she was listening to the radio. And she said that's when she heard her grandpa just screaming. So she runs over there to see what's happening. And she said that she saw her sister's body in a blood-filled room. She was partially covered with a blanket. And around this time, Reese's mom got home. And she hears her dad, she hears uh, Walt. She hears him screaming at her. So. She, she said that her mother had been in bad shape. So she thought that Walt was screaming about his wife. Um, And she runs over there and this part, this part hurts. She said when she ran over, she remembered being on her hands and knees crawling over to Risa's body. 
And she said she knew she was dead by the look in her eyes. And to this day, she still has flashbacks of seeing her daughter in that state. That's so awful. Yeah. And the way she described it just really, it it hurts so bad because I can kind of imagine like, you know, your brain trying to block out bits and pieces. And that's why she, she remembers like crawling toward her. That just feels so like the emotion has to be so raw right there and the way she describes it. Oh my God. Uh, Police get there pretty quickly. They found Risa on the floor nude with 18 stab wounds. They ranged from half inch to three and a half inches deep. Uh, This included a wound between her neck and her shoulder. It was described often as her shoulder. So I'm guessing it's maybe like around, like right around in here where your neck meets your body. Um, the The blade had broken off and was still inside her body right there. And autopsy reports would later say that that was the final stab. Uh, because it severed her spinal cord. What is wrong with people? Oh, uh, well, you find out kind of, and it's not great. That's a lie. We don't really find out. Sorry. Uh, records also noted semen was found on her right leg and in her vagina, but they couldn't prove that she was raped. I don't know what that means. I don't know if they couldn't, like, Maybe there wasn't enough trauma to to prove. Uh, uh, or maybe the thought is that it was consensual. But I feel like it's not consensual. No. I, I mean, I, I don't know. Um, her family swore she was raped. It was not consensual. Like, they, they were basically like, you know, Risa, she's not, she wasn't sexually active. She's not that kind of girl is what they, they said. That's not her. I mean, I I can see, can see why they believe that. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I mean you know your kid first of all. I mean, you may not know everything. I assume you know most. Mm-hmm. But how many times have you heard of like a young girl getting pregnant and the parent being like, "What?" You know, like yeah. I feel like that's something that could have been hidden. However, I just feel like with the aggression. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking she might have been, though it could have been something in the heat of the moment. It was consensual. I don't know. I don't like the thought that any of this was consensual. Yeah. Um, so they found no forced entry, no fingerprints. They found a hair on Reese's body, but it was pretty much useless because it was missing the root. So they had basically no evidence for this. The investigators, they started questioning the people that she had last seen or that had seen her last one of the friends that had been over at her house watching tv earlier that day he said that he was at work the cops come in grabbed him and just started questioning him i mean that's i mean it is but that's how he found out she died Mm, i don't know that yeah he said he was literally just at her house like a few hours earlier and then the cops come in. They're like, we need to talk to you. This girl's dead. What's going on? And he's like, what? I mean, maybe they could have handled that a little bit better. Yeah. I kind of feel like, you know, maybe sometimes that, that surprise element is necessary. Uh, but I don't know how necessary that would be on a 15, 16 year old. 
I'm more thinking like a 15, 16 year old that was clearly at work. Yeah. And when he was there, Jody was there. So, you know, she could, she saw her sister after they left. But also even let's say he came back, like, or that's their theory. He should have an alibi at work to be like, no, I got here at this time. Yeah. And it should be pretty easy too. like, you go in, you talk to the manager. Hey, I need to talk to this kid. By the way, what time did he get here? Has he left? Cool. He hasn't been here the whole time. Awesome. We got to talk to like, that was really quick. And I'm not even trained. Right. Like, that's what I mean, though. Like, that aggression didn't feel necessary with someone that potentially has a pretty solid alibi. Yeah. I'm I'm happy they went about it that hard, but kind of feel like we might could have read the room better on that one. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I don't know much, but just ask my dad. Eh, I don't want to. Okay. (laughs) They interviewed both of the boys uh, numerous times, and they could not find anything that pointed to them as murderers, uh, much less even really suspects. They kind of had, you know, maybe person of interest, but... So they started interviewing Risa's grandpa, Walt, next. And he told police that when he left the house, Risa was alive. She seemed fine. She was happy. Nothing out of the ordinary. And police said that he struggled through this interview. He took this really hard. Um, I can imagine because it sounds like the family was pretty close. Yeah, they were pretty close. I mean, they literally lived close together. So you kind of, I mean, if I could walk to my grandma and grandpa's, I would probably be there every day. Right. To make this worse, like, not only were they close, like you said, he saw her. It happened in his house. Not only that, uh, rumors started flying around the town about what happened. And her grandpa was accused of finding her with somebody romantically. They said that he flew into a rage and killed her himself. And as if that wasn't bad enough, there were also rumors of him molesting his granddaughters. Okay. All of it completely fabricated. No proof to that whatsoever. So, like, this poor man. Uh, People also said that uh, the two friends, people claimed that they stabbed her. The two friends that were watching TV with her. Uh, People said that she had a secret boyfriend, just tons and tons of completely baseless rumors, which also, by the way, guys, not only is it really hard for the family to go through, that really messes with a police investigation. Right. And takes so much unnecessary time away from cold, hard facts. So let's just not do that. On June 19th, Risa was laid to rest and her friends that were watching TV, they were the pallbearers they were some of the pallbearers the whole town were basically there like they said there were so many people it was like the whole town showed up in solidarity and this is when police noticed that jody seems very composed and even emotionless at the funeral so they started investigating jody and the family was not happy about this uh jody was she was 13 at the time So they started investigating this 13-year-old girl uh, who saw her sister's dead body. And now the police are asking her all these different questions. They claim to find evidence in the room 
that leads back to Jody being there. Um, she's in the house all the time, so I don't really see that doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. They bring her in for questioning. They take hair samples, pubic samples, and saliva samples. Her family started to turn their backs on the police during this time because they kind of described the police as having tunnel vision once they kind of got their sights on Jody. It was like it was like they were building a case around her instead of building one around I mean anything else really. I wanted to say evidence, but they didn't have much. But yeah. <clears throat> it was kind of like they had this and they were like, we're gonna go with it. They're their main beliefs were that either Jody killed Risa or she helped somebody kill her. They weren't able to find any hard evidence on that though. So the evidence eventually went cold and the invest, it was never closed. The investigators would pick it up over the years and look back into it, but nothing ever came of it. So in 2017, this is 33 years after Risa's unsolved murder. Jody is 47 years old and she grew up having people constantly blaming her for this. She claimed that the neighbors would yell at her. People called her an axe murderer. She would have people come to her jobs and harass her. There were Facebook groups about her being the murderer. And meanwhile, like her sister already died this brutal death. People are blaming her for it. So she gets tired of it. And she does the rational thing. Uh, she emails the Dr. Phil show. Okay. I didn't think that's rational, but. I mean, I, I probably wouldn't do it. But also in 2017, I think that was peak Dr. Phil. He was like fresh off of Oprah at that point. Pretty sure. I don't know. I'm going by memory here. Um, so they responded to her. And she seemed to, she had seen him doing polygraph tests and she wanted to do it to clear her name. She claimed to have begged the police to take one and they always refused to do it. And she was determined to clear her name. So if you're, I mean, if you've been blamed by God and everybody for your sister's murder for 33 years and you see Dr. Phil doing this, honestly, that does seem pretty rational at yeah, that I mean, point. Yes. On April 9th, 2019. Uh, Jody travels to Hollywood, California. And of course, Dr. Phil and all of his theatrics, they brought her out. They talked to her. She told her story. Uh, he talked about the polygraph test and he has the results in this little envelope. So he opens it up. He takes the paper out and he read to like the question she was asked, did you stab Risa? Jody answered no. And the results showed that she was telling the truth. I mean, that doesn't really surprise me, but yeah, that I mean, it doesn't surprise me either. I mean, I would hope that makes for good TV. I hope they're not trying to, I don't know, catch a murderer and then what? You just arrest them on stage. I I don't know. Just calm down, Doctor Phil. Jody and her mother were both ecstatic to finally at least have some kind of evidence of their own to where they can be like, "Hey, stop talking shit! I didn't kill my own sister." Mm -hmm. uh, Jody she also unintentionally put a lot of pressure on the police to solve this case 
because her going on Dr. Phil and talking about it, it brought like a new, uh, it brought new attention to her case, but it was national attention. So this is where we meet detective. Detective? Yes. I, I mushed the words together. Detective Travis Schulenberger. Travis Schulenberger. Well, that's difficult. He was a new cold case investigator, and he was six years old when this murder took place. And he said that he had heard people talk about it. He knew about the case, but he was basically brand new to it. So he started going over the evidence. They still had the same semen samples. So he sends them to the North Carolina State Crime Lab. And a week later, they get results back. No match. So he turns to another crime lab out of state. And he sends the DNA off to have it genealogically tested. Mm -hmm. Which is still super new. I mean, hell, today it's still really new. On April 9th, 2019, 35 years after Reese's murder. The DNA extracted from the semen was sent to Parabon Nanolabs for SNP genotyping. And basically, this is where they look at a larger piece of genetic code and they use it to predict distant cousins. And then they'll take that data to a public DNA uploaded to gedmatch.com. Mm -hmm. This is the same website that police use to find the Golden State Killer. Analysts will take a list of cousins or relatives of users who allow law enforcement to use their profiles for comparison. And then they get those family trees that share significant amounts of DNA with the unknown suspect, usually it's second, third, and fourth cousins. And they reverse engineer a family tree for the suspect in this way. And then basically it just leads them right down to him or her. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a lot of work. And I tried. Yeah, I don't want to do it. I tried to explain that the best that I could. Okay, guys. Look, if someone's telling me to do that, I'm going to be like, that'll be done. Never. Um, yeah, basically. Like, I better be, I better be paid top dollar to be that kind of analyst. I don't even. Yeah. I don't even know my own family like that. Okay. So I don't want to know someone else's family like that. No, no thanks. Hard pass. Um. I did think it was kind of cool, so I added this in there. This wasn't originally intended to be used to find criminals. I think it's kind of cool that we can. Um, it was originally developed to help people who didn't know their parents or were adopted to find their biological families. Not anymore. <laughs> no, not anymore, because this, these um, SNP, this SNP genotyping, it led police to a man named Curtis Edward Blair. He worked at a Frito-Lay factory a block over from Risa and her grandparents' homes. And so police kind of think that he may have just cut through the neighborhood, either to or from work. They tried to, they started trying to find him. And over the years, they found that he eventually moved to California. And by the time Detective Schulenberger found him, he had a long list of violent charges in California and New York. And he had spent time in prison for assault with a deadly weapon, which is kind of strange that nothing came back from him DNA wise, but he went to prison. 
Uh-huh. That is weird. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe he went to prison before all this town. Because this was in the 80s. I don't know. I don't know. I um, well, did I they have the whole DNA base in the 80s? Was it a requirement? That's a really good question. I don't know. Oh, yeah. 2002. Wow. I would have thought it was earlier than that. Okay. Hold on. Wait. This is Utah code oh. section 5310404. The department shall obtain DNA specimens from persons who are committed to the custody of the department or who are placed under the supervision of the department after July 1st, 2002, within 120 days after the commitment, if possible, but no later than prior to release. I have it was, I found that it was first introduced as evidence in the criminal court system in 1986. Okay, so what I'm seeing then is it's possible they just didn't have? Yeah, maybe it hadn't spread that far again? I, I don't know. Especially since, like, e- state law wasn't even requiring it for at least Utah until 2002. Yeah. So maybe they, they ran into some hiccups there. Uh, yeah. I just thought that was strange and I wanted to say, like, hey, I looked, guys. Yeah. So Curtis Blair, he he was a violent offender, spent time in prison. Um, he also died in 2007. So we were unable to talk to him, but they did, we, because I was there, they were unable to talk you to him. You were such a big part of that investigation. You I was hot to- on the case. I brought so much coffee to those officers. You, you did? Know. You did so many squats. I, <laughs> I did so many squats, I spat. Exactly. <laughs> Someone's southern grandma somewhere is clutching their pearls. Um <laughs> They did exhume his body to get a DNA profile, and he was a match for the DNA taken from Reese's crime scene. Um, so the family, they were unable to get justice for Reese's death since he, had, since he was deceased. However, the Salisbury Police Department was finally able to completely rule out Jody as a suspect, and they announced to the media that she was officially exonerated on December 3rd. 3rd, 2019, Detective Schulenberger told the media, nothing is going to bring Risa back, but we have some closure to the case now. Jody Trexler-Laird and her parents, Gary Trexler and Vicki Monroe Trexler-Oaks, they were also at this press conference, and they were really relieved to finally have answers after 35 years. Her mother, Vicky, she said that she never thought they would know what happened to Risa. She was quoted, I just lived with the fact that it was not going to be solved. So many nights lying on the bed, wondering and wondering and wondering, and maybe now I can sleep. So do they just think it was like a crime of opportunity? Mm-hmm. Yep. They think the family didn't know him, right? No, nobody knew him. No, he was completely random. And they think that. Maybe she was there, like, hanging out, and he just noticed that she was there by herself. No cars, no nothing. The door was unlocked, and he just... Well, if she was at her grandparents' house, maybe he saw her walking over. Mm-hmm. Kind yeah. of. I don't like that. I, I hate it. I mean, I'm um, glad it's solved and that Jody is freaking exonerated. Oh, my God. Yeah, that poor woman. Jody, I never blamed you for a second. The the documentary made me really angry because it's I understand police are doing their job, 
But to target a 13-year-old with no evidence and to go this hard on it, and not just police, like... The public, tell- too? Yes, the public, to come up and harass you at your job. I'm already at work, okay? It's bad enough. I hate that whole thing. I did want to end on a quote from Jody. She said, I know that we'll never get all of the answers that we want, but at least we have the answers that we need. And I like how after all this time, she's just still, to me, that feels very positive for everything that this poor woman girl has been through. I do think that's very positive of her. I still don't think it was fair for her. Oh, I don't think it was fair at all, but I am, I'm amazed that she, I feel like if it were me, I would be like, fuck y'all. I told you so. Oh, I for sure would be like, (laughs) I told you so. Yeah. Middle fingers for the media. Here you go. Put this on your paper and they won't, but. Oh, for sure. I would be like, no, 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 no. I told you so. Yeah. For 35 years. I told you so. And I will continue to tell you so. I'm never going to let you forget. Ever. Never. Mm-hmm. Ever. But that is the story of not just Risa Trexler, but I'm going to say Risa and Jody Trexler. Because okay. Jody was a victim in that, too. It's just really frustrating. All right. Well, um, do you want a different story? I would love one. Thanks. Okay, well, let me just start this story by saying if these people do not fucking stop with the fireworks, I'm going to lose my shit. Oh. Uh-huh. Anyways. Apparently we have neighbors that think they can set off fireworks, even though it's technically illegal. As you were wrapping up, I literally Googled when they can be setting off fireworks, <laughs> and it's it's not tonight, okay? Not tonight. Mm-hmm. They can set it off on Chinese New Year, which I that's news to me. That's great. That's cool. Okay. But it's not until January 21st. So So they're really early. They're 20 days early. They could set them off yesterday, so they're technically late. Yeah, I don't want to be positive for them. (laughs) No. I hope police end that shit (laughs) real quick, because that's so annoying. I deal with it for the 4th of July and the 24th of July. I'm not dealing with it tonight. I want to sleep. I work tomorrow. Anyways. Okay, well. (laughs) Are you ready for a story? I am because you told me what it was, kind of. You told I, told, me, I told you this the category. Yeah, you told me the category. I'm already excited. Guys, it's, I'm also really excited because I haven't covered one of these stories since September for me and you. Mm-hmm. Our listeners heard it in October, but that's not fun for me. And it's one of my dad's favorite topics. It is, it's not his favorite topic. He thinks we're summoning <laughs> demons. It is a paranormal game. So Let's we're going to go. talk about a game tonight. I told Cody about this game today and he was like, holy shit. I feel like that's a big compliment from Cody to be like, hold on a second. Hold, please. Hold my beer. Yes. Um, it's, it's an interesting one. I already told Amanda that her and I will never be able to play this. And I'm going to tell you why in just a minute. But we're going to be talking about the, the Three Kings game or ritual. However you want to describe it. I don't care. We're calling it a game. You can call it a ritual. Call it what you want. Now, from what most people can find, this game came about from a Reddit post in 2012. So nothing like historically significant. However, I was able to find comments on many different Reddits 
or articles that claim that there is a similar game that was played in different countries. I saw Australia and Mexico specifically. Um, this one was called Alice's, or Australia called it Alice's Looking Glass. I didn't do research on that because I'll save that for another time. Okay. Um, and then there were the ones from Mexico were saying it was, a, they had much older versions. And I was like, okay, well, cool, cool, cool. Oh. But this specific version is created 2012 from what I could find. Now, according to Reddit poster Fable Forge, the Three Kings game is a, quote, relatively safe way in which you can access, not quite enter, a place called the Shadow Side. Bullshit. Nothing about that sounds relatively safe, and you've told me nothing about it. Well, also, um, from what I could find, Fable Forge is essentially the creator of this game or ritual. Oh, so, so I mean, you're trying to sell me your product. Of course yeah. we're going to lie about it. Look at my pillow. Yeah. So, yeah, so basically, he's, he or she, I don't know, gender, they are like, it's, it's relatively, quote unquote, relatively safe. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about a couple stories where I might disagree if those actually happen. (laughs) And according to the original Reddit post from Fable Forge, they compared this game to skydiving, stating, quote, if getting it right on your first try is not something you're good at, then this is not for you. This doesn't make me feel like it's relatively safe. You can't call it relatively safe when that's your slogan. I'm just I'm just saying it does not feel relatively safe. Anyways, so get right on your first try is not something you're good at, then this is not for you. I don't know if you're good at getting things right on your first try, but I'm not. So Oh no, I'm horrible. Mm-mm. That's not the reason we can't play. We're, we'll get into that. You remember when we were talking about my kids earlier? I didn't get that right on the first try. Second try, you got it. Yeah, look at him. It's been what? An over hour and a half, something like yeah. that? Oh no, over. We've only we talked for a hot minute. Yeah, yeah look at him. Yeah. He's great. No. He's fine. But a lot of places will describe this as a meditative ritual. I don't know if I really feel that way. I can kind of see it. I would probably still say don't bring demons into my house. So in this game, you need two people, you and your partner, and you're going for a wild ass ride. Your partner is going to be bored as fuck. Can I be the partner? No, because I don't want to be the one doing this. Oh, okay. So you have to both be the the partner. (laughs) Yes, we can both be the partner. (laughs) Okay. We're partners for the partner. I'm a partner of the partner. We're partner partners. Yeah. Okay, Okay, cool. Um, So this is where we are immediately eliminated from playing because all sources note that both players should be mentally, emotionally, and spiritually stable. Who plays this game? People on Reddit, I guess. I don't know. Wait, what, what year did you say this come out? 2012. Okay, so we took a hiatus from this game in like the past four years, right? No. Who in 2020 was playing this game? Because 2020 Not and me. 2021, we were all suffering. And you know what? In this year, there is this freaking cold going around that no one can seem to get rid of. Yeah. So there's like, there's a super cold, there's RSV. Y'all playing these games. Who is healthy enough to play games like this? Not you and I. Not at all. I my, immediately read that and went, oh, me and Amanda are out. Thank God. Yes, my blood and my butt could never 
and my head. No. <laughs> you have to be mentally, emotionally, and spiritually stable. Like, it depends on the day, but I don't think I'm all three of those in a single day ever. I don't think I'm one of those in a single day ever. Not one of those boxes is ever checked. I might have one box checked depending on the day, but all three, uh-uh. No. I haven't been to work in uh, like almost two months and still none of those boxes are checked. No. I haven't been to work in two weeks and I'm like, none of those. They're <laughs> all unchecked because I go back tomorrow. Oh, that's a, that's a hell of a prompt for a game. Yeah. Like he's yeah. not selling this well. <laughs> no. I don't know who his marketing person is, but they're not doing a good fire on, on us. <laughs> also, according to Fable Forge, you should not be on drugs or have consumed any alcohol for this game. Okay, Fable Forge, don't tell me how to live my life. First of all, is that because you uh, you've been using your butt weed again and you're drinking? I don't no, know if I'm you're not drinking. drinking. Oh, I wasn't sure if you had an alcoholic drink. Well, I did put some whiskey bourbon. Yeah, it was bourbon. I did put some bourbon and some stew the other day, but I don't think that counts. Well, according according to the Ghost in My Machine, which is a website, they oh, say okay. you should... <laughs> I thought it was like Casper in your computer or something. No, it's, it's not Casper in my computer. Okay. Um, but they state that you shouldn't play if you've had drugs or alcohol within the last three to five days. So uh, that whiskey might count from whatever, or bourbon or whatever you put in. I wasn't really listening. That might count if it was a few days ago. Um, well, I had the leftovers today, so. So, yeah, see, that's your yeah. issue. And I am back on the medical. So, yeah, no, I'm just. just every reason he tells you don't play this game, that's me. So, mm -hmm. oh, that's, I can only be the partner. You don't even want to be the partner. Huh? I thought I, I I'll explain. Okay. You don't want to be part of this at all. Oh, okay. I'll go drink and smoke then. Okay. You just <laughs> you won't be anyone's partner in this and you'll no. just be on your merry way. I'm not gonna be anyone's partner in this either, so don't ask. Okay. With your partner, also the other thing is you've really gotta trust this person. Like with your life. They can't be like a prankster who thinks it's funny. I'm sorry, this game takes place three, four in the morning, I'm asleep. I'm not the trustworthy person. You wake me up at three in the morning, I am falling asleep before four o'clock, you know? Yeah. So I'm not I'm not that person. Um, so just make sure that you have like a, I don't know, a, a good partner that's a night owl. Um, just don't take any chances. Make sure it's not someone that's going to think it's funny. You know, um, that's your partner. What you're going to need to play. An empty room. Which uh, wait, empty of what? Shit. <laughs> Everything? It just says an empty room. And okay. preferably one that's large and quiet. <laughs> Yet another reason. We're not playing. Um, uh, it also, if it has windows, you've got to cover those up before even starting playing. And it just okay. recommends to use like a basement or a cellar because they're kind of meet what you're looking for. How much money do you think I have? I don't have a basement or a cellar. I have a crawl space. I was okay. Use your crawl space. I don't care. Absolutely not. I'm just kidding. Your crawl space <laughs> will not work. It's going to be a little too small. We need a large and quiet room. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just not going to be able to play this game. No. no, you also need a pack of candles. 
a lighter, a bucket of water, a cup what? or a mug. Okay. This is getting real random. Okay. An electric fan, two large mirrors, three chairs, an alarm clock, fully charged phones, one for each participant, one for the partner, one for the primary player, somewhere to sleep, and an object of sentimental value, preferably something small like a childhood toy. This is often referred to as your power object. This is a lot of furniture in an empty room. This, this is the shit you need, okay? Okay. So now you're going to do the setup, and you're going to start this around 11 p.m. So just to note that you and your mentally, emotionally, spiritually sound partner have to start this together. You can't, like, start and then tell them later, like, hey, by the way, they got to know what they're in for. So you can't really surprise your partner with them. They need to know their role. Um, and I like they that are role. The, yeah. They also need to know that they're stuck with you at this location the entire game. There's no backing out for them, you know? So what you're going to do, you're going to place one chair in the basement so it's facing north. And this is going to be the center, like in the center of the room that you're using. And if you're the primary player, the person that's actually playing this game, this essentially becomes your throne. Oh, okay. So you're going to place the other two chairs on either side of your throne. And these chairs will be like lined up, but facing the throne. Okay. And they're, they've got to be about an arm's length away. One will be considered the queen's chair. One will be considered the fool's chair. You're going to place. Is that because the player is the king? Yes. Okay. Yep. So you'll place the two mirrors. So you'll place the first mirror on the queen's chair. And then you guessed it. You're going to place the other one on the fool's chair. Across from each other? Yeah. Because placement of the mirrors matter. They're going to be placed perpendicular. On the chair seats, and they will need to face each other, so mirror to mirror. So just open a portal. Like, that's, you know, yeah. that's what you're doing right there. I was going to say, like, that is mirror. Okay, it might not be, like, mirror 101, but it is absolutely paranormal mirror 101. Those are the absolutely. rules. Absolutely. Don't break one or you have bad luck for seven years, and don't point them at each other. Exactly. And don't point them at your bed when you're sleeping. Or ever, actually. Don't point yeah. them at your bed. Yeah, so mirror 101 right there but yeah you're gonna just break mirror 101 (laughs) you're just gonna put those facing each other and they also so they're facing you or what's gonna be your throne so basically you need to be able to see your own reflection in both mirrors but you have to be able to see it from your peripheral vision while sitting in the throne so there should be no need for you to turn your head or move your eyeballs to see into the mirror Okay. Okay. I did put a picture in of what that setup looks like, just so that you had a visual. Thank you. I don't like it, but I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about um, trying to explain that to someone, and I went, that's going to be a nightmare. So just put a picture in. What is that in the middle chair? Is that like a camera or a Uh, doll? I I don't know. I don't remember what was in the picture. Hold on. Why would you ask silly questions? I don't know. Um, oh, that might just be a picture or like a doll or something for an example. I don't think it has. <laughs> I'm not even saying I don't think. I'm telling you this has no relevance to the ritual okay. other than setup. All okay, right. If they just put a doll there just because, that's just unsettling. Yeah, I didn't even notice it if we're going to be honest. So, no. Okay, I'll shut up for a second. Then remember how we talked about that bucket of water? Uh-huh. 
You're going to place that bucket of water with the cup or mug in front of you, but you're going to make sure it's out of reach of the chair, right? So it's in front of whoever is the quote unquote king. And then it's just going to sit there. And then the fan, do you remember the fan? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's going to be placed behind your chair. And it needs to be on a medium or low setting and turned on. I personally would just recommend a low setting. It also needs to be stationary, not oscillating. Mm -hmm. So I'm just saying if you're going to take this risk, do it maybe when it's a little bit warmer so that, you know, the fan on you directly isn't going to drive you freaking nuts. Also, I recommend a ponytail. Yeah. No. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't want the hair blowing in my face. I don't know if it really matters. Oh, that's just a me thing. Yeah. I'm saying that more because if you're going to be in that chair and your hair's in a ponytail and you feel something touch right here, right, I'd rather shut think up. it's hair. <laughs> I would rather. And what I say right here, guys, I'm touching the side of my neck and my hair is pulled back right now. But if something's going to touch the side of my neck, I would rather think it's hair. Can you stop doing that? Because just the way you're doing it is making me... It's just creeping me out because she's not just touching the side of her neck. No, she's like starting at her cheekbone and slowly going down. Let me exaggerate I... just a little bit. So she's starting at her cheekbone and slowly dragging her finger down her neck. And it's just the the slowness of it that's just like, that's exactly how a paranormal entity would touch somebody. And that's probably why I wouldn't want my hair pulled up. I'd okay. rather think that's my hair tickling me than anything else. I don't want my hair pulled up right now. Just so okay. to it. Okay. So at this point, you're essentially set up. You're done. And what you're going to do is you're going to bounce. You're going to leave the room. Make sure the lights are off. Make sure the door is open to your newly created throne room. And you're going to head to your designated sleeping spot. So if you're doing this in your house, just go to bed. Oh, okay. Before you fall asleep, though, you're going to make sure that the candles, lighter, alarm clock, your cell phone, they're all near your sleeping spot. Um, Make sure that your phone is also on the charger as well. And you're going to set an alarm for 3.30 in the morning. 3.30 a.m., you know, witching hour. Mm -hmm. And then you're also going to grab that sentimental object and climb into bed for a quick little nap. Quick little nappy. I can't quick nap, but okay. Well, I mean, when I say a quick little nap, we're looking at three to four hours, depending on how quickly you get up. Oh, that is my quick nap. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. So you're fine. So now it's now it's 330 and it's basically it's game time. So you got your three to four hours of sleep. Your alarm clock so rudely wakes you up at 330. You can turn your alarm clock off, but you do not turn on the light. You're going to keep the sentimental object with you. And this will be used in case you become lost or disoriented. Um, this is actually used as a fail-safe. This game has several fail-safes built into it, so I'll explain those in a minute. And since this is like your power object, it'll guide you back if you ever get lost, I guess, to your throne. Okay. I don't know. But you're going to grab your phone, not using the light, but you're also going to light a single candle. Just one. You're going to return to the throne room, and you must have your tush in the throne by 3.33 a.m. So you've got to Get that candle lit, head down to that throne room within three minutes. Do I bring the candle with me? Yeah. Okay. Yep, you'll bring the candle with you. Now, at this point, we have a couple do not proceed warnings. Did your phone charge? Did your alarm go off at precisely 3.30? Was the door to the throne room 
open when you approached, because remember, you left it open. Was the fan still on when you approached the th- throne room? Because you left that on. And were you in that seat by 3.33 a.m.? If you answered no to any of these questions, you done effed it up. And you need to leave your house. The whole house? Yeah. What about my partner? You're going to grab them. Literally, my next bullets. Grab your buddy. Grab the dog. Grab the fish. Anyone else in your house and get out. Oh, because now it's demon territory. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm calling it. I'm just saying the house does not belong to you until 6 a.m. Oh, so. okay. I was I was perfectly ready to move out for good, but cool. <laughs> no, okay. I can come back after breakfast. Yeah. Okay. I guess maybe don't play in your house. Like if that's the case, you play in an abandoned warehouse, have a nap zone, wake up, go do your thing. It fails. You head home. Cool. Okay. I can do yeah. that. Oh, you know what? Play in someone else's house. Yeah, sure. Let's just make someone yeah. else's ha- house a haunting zone. It's fine. No biggie. Their problem, not mine. Yeah, I mean, done, done. you got an enemy, there you go. Break into your neighbor's house, because we mm-hmm. all know that they are loud and lighting off fireworks <laughs> on a day that you're not supposed to be. Mm-hmm. We all know. And also, it. you can watch the chaos safely from your own home. Yeah, it's fine. Right next door. You can be like, <laughs> look at this loser, he's leaving. You're like, sucks it's to be four. you. It's only 3.34 in the morning. Sucks to be them. <laughs> Okay, so you found your spot. It's right next door. Super easy to locate. Okay, done. We're helping you guys out. Um, <laughs> so I will say it's not like you're being chased situation. You have like a minute to get your shit together. Like put your shoes on, put a jacket on. Just don't stay in the house longer than you need to. Okay. Now, after 6 a.m., you can return to life as normal. Game's already over. Just don't go back. Now, if you answered yes to all of the questions then you can proceed. So you answer yes, all the questions. You are in your throne. You are going to not look directly at either of the mirrors at any time. Many believe that if you look into the mirror, there's a risk of what they call psychological trauma or that you could be possessed by a spirit or a demon or attacked by either of those. A lot believe that realistically, the bigger risk is not the idea of looking at a mirror, but more turning your back to the other mirror. Yeah. I. Yeah, that's that's creepy. Mm-hmm. So that's what you're going to do. Now, that candle that you had, remember, the fan is behind you blowing on you and you've got a candle. You got to keep that candle lit. Okay. That's why I'm saying maybe put the fan on low. Don't put it mm-hmm. on high. Put it on low. But you're going to use your body to kind of protect that candle because, you know, any movement, the fan might blow it out, whatever it is. And... You're you're just going to make sure that stays. If the candle goes out, it ends the ritual. That's one of the fail safes that, like, if something happens, the candle goes out, ritual's over. Yeah, but now I'm sitting in the dark in a creepy-ass throne room <laughs> looking at with two mirrors facing me that you just and, told me don't turn my back to. And the neighbors have already called the police. Oh, God, I'm so screwed. I don't like this game. Anyways, so what you're going to do you, you have your candle, right? I'm going to use my Stanley as the candle. I've got my candle. Here's <laughs> here's my little flame. It's okay. flickering. I got a light or a fan behind me. And I'm not allowed to look at the candle. I have to look ahead into the darkness. This is a lot of things I'm not allowed to look at. <laughs> I know. So I obviously I can see the mirrors in my peripheral vision, which, by the way, my peripheral vision sucks. And so, like, this is what I like. Let's see. 
I can't see my fingers there. So oh, I can see this one. I can't see this one. I'm like right here to start seeing them. Anyways. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. As Amanda and I test our peripheral vision, like mm -hmm. the things would be like up here for me. Like now I can see it in my peripheral vision. <laughs> Those chairs would not be in a straight line. <laughs> no, they would not be. <laughs> Anyways. So you're going to focus into the darkness in front of you. Your buddy, just, just so you know, they're going to just chill and hang out in the house. They can't be in the throne room with you, but they're just going to chill and do whatever they want. So, I mean, maybe ask them to stay near the throne room, at least shouting distance away. Do they have to be awake? Yes. You want them awake. Uh, okay. Oh, that's right. You said that. I mean, they could maybe, if they set an alarm, I'm sure that's fine, but... No, I, probably, I need you to be awake for this. Yeah, I'm going to say I need you alert and aware of what's going on at this point. Mm -hmm. So at this point, you're looking at, out into the darkness, not looking at your candle, not looking at these mirrors. And your buddy is just like playing on the Xbox or whatever, right? They're, they're GTA in it up. Your goal is to figure out which chair is the fool and which chair is the queen without moving your head or eyes and only looking ahead. So you have to use that peripheral vision of yours and really figure out what's going on. Because you might start hearing sounds, seeing movement, a lot of things might start happening. And as you start figuring out, okay, left is the queen or right is the queen or whoever it is, um, you can start asking questions to these entities. And you can ask whatever you want. Your answer might, or your question might just get an answer. The answer would come from one of the two chairs, specifically from the mirrors. Again, you're not allowed to move to look at which chair it came from. You're still looking forward. If you're jumpy, maybe don't play this game. Because if I heard someone, if I went, is my name Bryce? And I heard, yes, I'd jump out of my seat and look at that chair. So I'm just saying, don't do it. So if you get an answer, you can keep looking forward into the darkness. And um, you can continue asking as many questions as you want, right? Like, it answers, okay, cool. I got my lie detector. My name is Bryce. I trust this chair. Whatever it is. And I can go through with that. However, just remember, you don't necessarily know who is the queen and who is the fool. So maybe take answers with just a grain of salt. You're, you're doing your best educated guess. And if you're not good at guessing people's characters, you're probably wrong. Okay. So from here, like I said, just asking your questions. And you're going to remain on your throne until 4.34 a.m. So an hour and one minute. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you find yourself in a semi-conscious state, then you should return. So it's kind of like a hypnotic state or, you know, just kind of zoned out, whatever it is. To return, you're just going to focus on your power object and let it guide you back to your waking state. But that's if that happens at any point. Now, at 4.34 a.m., this is where your partner comes in. They are going to, I mean, like I said, crack some Red Bulls, get them some, something to do. You want to make sure they don't fall asleep. You need them at 434. And at 434 a.m., your partner is going to call out your name to attempt to end the game. Now, it is possible for them to call out your name and it fail to end the game. Like, you don't answer. So I would be like, Amanda. And there was silence, you know. So if that fails, you know, the next the next item that I'm going to do as the partner, I'm going to call your cell phone. So don't have it on silent or vibrate. Just turn that all the way up. Okay. So it hasn't been on on purpose in the years. So you're going to have to remind me. Yeah. 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 So call your cell phone anticipated to kind of snap you out of whatever state you're in. And 
get your attention. If that doesn't work, the next item is that your partner is now going to enter the room and they're not allowed to touch you. They're, they can't touch you. But remember that bucket of water and mug that we set up in front oh, of the no. <laughs> I'm going to say most sources were kind of vague, but other ones were like, you're splashing that bitch with water. All over my floor. All over that basement floor, yeah. It's your neighbor's oh basement for you. It's fine. Oh, yeah. Throw the whole bucket. <laughs> Throw the whole bucket. It's fine. <laughs> well, that's what you're doing to kind of snap them out of it, right? So that's how you're going to end the game. Now, the point of the game is open-ended. Oftentimes, just citing that you're learning something. Some are just saying coming in contact with spookies. And, you know, you're asking questions, potentially getting answers from otherworldly critters. Uh, I still hate it. Okay, so there's no point to this game, then. That's what I'm gathering. I guess gain knowledge if you have some really burning questions. Not that burning. No. Mm -mm. I'll go to my doctor first, you know? If I'm burning, I'm already going to the doctor. I'm halfway there. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Now, there is a little science behind what you might be seeing, like, while you're in your peripheral vision or doing this whole thing, what you're seeing or hearing. Um, There's at least a theory. And it comes down to mirror gazing studies. I know you've heard of the mirror gazing studies. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, if you stare into a mirror too long, a lot of subjects hallucinate. So they say they see monsters, faces of relatives, faces of the deceased, animals themselves, but with their faces distorted. Now, it's not clear why our brains may hallucinate the things that are just simply not there. But you're staring out into darkness with two mirrors in your peripheral vision for over an hour or about an hour you're probably going to have some of that mirror gazing effect. Now I'm not going to dive too far into depth, but that's because I have some of these notes in with my bloody Mary notes that I'm working on. So when I do bloody Mary, we should hear more about those. That's immediately what I thought of. But mm-hmm. So I just wanted to call it out here. There are studies that have been done where individuals, they just not even necessarily, it's not necessarily a dark room. It's normally in a dimly lit room. But they are oftentimes seeing these hallucinations. And I'm sure if your brain is seeing things over here in your peripheral, it is possible for your brain to also give you sound just to kind of make sense of what you're seeing. So that's kind of some of the silence around what a lot of people think is happening with this game. But of course, I've got a couple, couple different stories from Reddit. Obviously. You know what? This this whole thing was created on Reddit. Why wouldn't I go directly to Reddit to get some, some stories? That goes straight to the source. Yeah. So the first Redditor, Dr. Fetus. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I trust them explicitly. Dr. Fetus. So they play. Is it, is it fetus like a baby or fetus like feet? Like F3TUS. So, like, fetus as a baby. Yeah. Okay. I deciphered that one pretty quickly. (laughs) But that one wasn't a difficult one. So, basically, they go on and they explain that they saw this Reddit post and they're like, I have to do that. And before they did that, they explained that they had been having a reoccurring nightmare. They claimed they had been having this nightmare since they were little. But then the nights leading up to when they planned to play this game... They had this nightmare several times, causing them to, you know, be running on a very little sleep prior to the ritual, as well as the very little sleep they got prior to the ritual, you know? Like, Dr. Fetus. 
Yeah. Sir or madam, did you read the directions? The directions said nothing about getting sleep. But it had three check marks for, what was it, mind, body, and soul? And eventually, sleep is two of those. Mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. That's exactly what I said. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty sure. um, That's what I said. It's just chicken soup for the soul version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Just to kind of summarize, essentially in this reoccurring nightmare they're having, they're just getting home in their room. They hear their mother call them. And when they start to run to the kitchen, they are grabbed and pulled aside. And in the dream, it's their cousin pulling them aside. But their cousin has a nail going through the top of their head. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah and, okay. And the t- cousin basically tells them to run and to get out. And so the Dr. Fetus here is like, don't got to ask me twice in this dream. And they get outside, start running. They turn around to see if they're being followed. They don't see anyone. But when they look forward again, there's nothing. No streets, no lights, no signs. Just, they described it as blackness. Ooh. There's some, there's something in that dream. I don't know what, but. Uh, Not something that we enjoy. No. Now, typically, Dr. Fetus, they would uh, wake up at this point. But when they had their three-hour nap, they got before the ritual, you know, between setting up and actually doing the ritual. In the dream, they would turn back to the darkness, and instead of waking up, in the dream, they would look around, only to find, like, everything is now replaced by what they called the blackness. And they would scream, nothing came out in the dream, and then they would hear their mother calling them again. They would then have a feeling of being watched, and they would hear a voice from their left shoulder tell them, we're waiting. <laughs> no. You're going to be waiting a long time. <laughs> no. At this point, they finally wake up. Yeah, they're going to be waiting a long time. They should have they made a reservation or something because I, I, don't, I don't have a table. I'm sorry. <laughs> Look, we're waiting. Stop it. <laughs> no. Anyways, so they wake up from this. And instead of saying screw this and not continuing with the ritual, they get up and continue. However, they did not wait for the alarm to go off at 3.30 because they naturally woke up from this nightmare about 15 minutes early. And so they're like, eh, 3.25, I'm going to just head down, get situated a little early. Red flag. Did not read the direction. Next you're going to tell me the door was open. No, well, the door should be open. Next you're going to tell me the door was closed. Okay. Okay, okay. So... They go down there, get situated, and they begin their hour-long stare into the dark room. And about 15, and remember, they're guesstimating. About 15 minutes in, they claim to hear a sigh. And so they kind of, they look towards the floor. And in their peripheral vision, they see a pair of shoes to the left. And to the right, there are no shoes. Uh It wasn't their shoes. Uh So this kind of causes them to, you know, have a jolt of fear. And they look up. And they're like, okay, dealing with this adrenaline rush, looking straight forward. And so they sit looking into the darkness for about another 20 minutes. Also just sitting there thinking about this dream that they have. And then they finally muster the courage to quickly look to their left. What? What? Why? What? what? And that's when they see a figure sitting in the chair. And the figure has its legs spread wide, its arms dangling down, its head tilted to the right side. Okay, that's... Not a very queenly stance, first off. I'm assuming that's a foolish stance. Yeah. Legs spread wide, that is nothing queen queenly. I'm There's sorry. nothing regal about that, okay? No. Uh-uh. Not even on a horse. No. No, no. 
queens do side saddle, okay? Mm-hmm. Or they have the fake leg, like on, uh, what was it, Princess Bride? No. Uh, yeah, no. The Prince and Me. I don't remember. What? I don't know. The one where the woman's a, prince and, a princess and didn't know it. That thing. Princess Diaries. That's the one. Thank you. Yeah. Mattress okay. sliding. There we go. Got it. Got it. We got it eventually. Okay. So they see this figure and the poster tries to speak. Nothing comes out probably out of fear. And then the figure would say, we're waiting. I told you not to look to the left. You did not read the directions. Do they blow out the candle at this point? So the poster, Dr. Feet is here. They freak out. They jump off of their throne and they try to run, but they trip over the bucket. And as they're tripping, the door opens because they close the basement door, right? Uh, oh, by the way, you're supposed to close the basement door. I don't know if I actually mentioned that, but... When you go in? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. I just kind of thought that was... Duh, you know? Yeah, oh, we know how to play this game. Yeah. So the door opens, and it's their cousin, who's their partner, comes in. And this is the person, first of all, this person was not in the house with them. They asked their cousin to call them at 4.34 in the morning. But their cousin couldn't remember what time and had been calling them since four in the morning and couldn't get a hold of Dr. Fetus here because Dr. Fetus had their phone on silent. What? I'm sorry. I don't think they're a real doctor. I don't think so either. So Dr. Fetus is freaked out. They leave the house. He tells his cousin finally what's going on and they just go get breakfast, right? Now, personally, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. First of all, Dr. Fetus is like, I think I did everything right. I don't think I broke rules. Let's <laughs> oh, okay. up, down. Rules have been broken. Yeah. From the get-go, rules have been broken. Yeah. Rules have broken. Actually, you know what? Actually, I don't think you followed any rule. I think you did the setup rules and then we're done. I would argue that those probably aren't even correct. I mean, I, I don't bet- know. I bet he has a large and a medium mirror sitting there. I'm just telling you, they did what they could. And that's their story. This is not a Harvard doctor. No. The next story we have is maybe the reason you don't want to be a partner either. Because Ooh, okay. this comes from Reddit poster Brodan. They, they had a much more aggressive encounter. So they did the setup, they played, and they made it to the chair at 3.33. As they are sitting there, about 30 minutes in, they hear a voice that's challenging them to look to their right. But at the same time, they hear the voice of a woman coming from their left that's just like, no, stay put, keep looking forward. And Broden is like, this woman seems much more peaceful and much more ladylike, so I'm gonna just follow her, her instructions here and look forward. Then... As he's sitting there making his, I say he, I don't know if this is a guy or a girl, but as they're sitting there making this decision, something would grab them from their right and pull their shoulder and start yelling at them, just ordering them to look to the right. I didn't consent to touch. Did I I, consent to touch? (laughs) I didn't consent to touch. What? Is that a part of this game? Apparently. Uh, No, I don't know. Oh, goosebumps. Broden, he's annoyed, and he tells the <laughs> en- he tells the entity to quote fuck off. Oh, okay. Apparently, that entity on the right, I'm assuming the demon, did not like that, not even a little bit. But at this time, the friend, their partner, would burst into the room, turn on the light, tell Broden, "Hey, it's 4:34. You're not answering." Blah blah blah. And they're like, "Okay, cool. Over and done with." I'm sorry. Are they supposed to turn on the light? I mean, you can, Does I guess, matter? if it's oh, 434 okay. and you're trying to get your 
Broden. I just assumed we were throwing water into random places in the dark. Oh, I'm throwing water just on principle <laughs> at this point. I actually set up a sprinkler in the basement to just make this easier. All I have to do is turn the water on. Just turn the water on. That's all I need. <laughs> but, ooh, um, so they're like, okay, cool. And they go their separate ways, go to bed. It kind of sounds like the roommate situation. Okay. So Broden wakes up the next morning. And they're like, man, my my arm hurts a little bit. They're specifically their right arm. And they look and they're like, oh, I have a couple cuts on my arm here. But they're like, no big deal, whatever. And they continue about their day. And about 3 p.m., they're like, hey, I haven't seen my buddy yet. The, par- the partner? Yeah. Oh. So they're like, I'm, I'm going to just go check on my bud. And upon entering their friend's room, the friend's room is like torn apart. Drawers open. Nothing's where it belongs. And the friend themselves was in a state. The friend had cuts on his right arm. They were in severe pain. Broden, the original poster, claimed that their friend originally couldn't even sit up because of the pain he was in. And when he was finally able to sit up, Broden could see that he had deep cuts on his arm, broken fingers, large cuts on his chest, leg, and back. And all of this, they claimed to be on the right side. The right side is where that voice was like, hey, look at me. And the left side is where it was the lady going, don't just look forward. Shouldn't it be opposite, though? Shouldn't it be the partner's left side? Because I'm imagining if they're facing each other, like, because the bucket of water is in front of you. So I'm imagining if your partner's coming in and they're supposed to use this bucket. You know what I mean? That might depend on where the door is to come in. You know? Okay, so. Because your chair, your throne has to face north. Ah, uh, so if it's behind you... Okay, I got you. Right, right, right. Excuse me, bro, Dan. Yeah. Anyway, so, friend is not in good shape, right? Broden claims that his friend looked like he had been tortured. Like, there was blood all over the floor. Like, just really bad. They would go to hospital for treatment. And after the fact, Broden, he's like, man, what, what could have gone wrong? And he realizes... That when he checked the time after his friend went to go get him, it had not been 4.34. It only been <gasps> 4.30. Oh, no. So in theory, what could have happened, this is my theory, by the way. If this is true. I'm, again, I'm taking this with a grain of salt. This is pretty exaggerated. But in theory, if this did truly happen, what could have happened is that when the partner went in to get Broden, he walked in and saw what the mirror that would be on the right, looked into it early before it could have ended and then was attacked by whatever was in that mirror last update on that was that him and his friend were fine so oh okay well good to hear they however could not provide photographic evidence as requested by all of the commenters Mm. so again take it with a grain of salt now the last story comes from renegade 2366 okay so this poster they kind of took your advice and they played at their dad's house. Oh, oh well, I was going to say perfect, but okay, I'll just listen to the story. Okay. They didn't play Maybe at their house. Okay. Yeah. Um, specifically because their apartment complex did not have a basement. So they're like, I can't play in my apartment. I'll go to dad's house. Hey dad, can I play this demon summoning game at your house tonight? You don't need the basement, right? I can tell you right now, if I called my dad and said that, <laughs> he'd be like, no. <laughs> not just no but hell no <laughs> like my dad would laugh he'd be like you're not even coming to my house ever again like first of all I would not do that like if I'm gonna F it up I'm gonna F it up in my own house 
My dad would be like, I don't have a basement. My dad would be like, just no. You may not <laughs> you may not have my basement become a playground for the demons. <laughs> it's just until 6 a.m. Uh, 4.34 yeah, but, if we do it right. But if I do it wrong, everyone's got to get up at 3.30 in the morning and we got to head out. Dogs, cats, everyone. Yeah. Oh. So. And for my parents, that might be a little difficult. Hey, Denny's is open all night, though. Yeah, but six dogs, two indoor cats. Just put them in the car. Just have them ready. Oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. So, anyways. So, they are like, okay, we do the setup. They go to bed. And they have an alarm sound sound off at, you know, 3.30. And the, they head to the basement. Now, Renegade's a plus one for this. His partner. His or her partner. I don't know. Gender skin. They must be a saint because it was their girlfriend. And she just kind of, like, set up on t- the top of the stairs with a book. That sounds like you. That sounds like a very you thing. But I also would not be playing this game. I'd be like, you want to play this, Cody? Have fun. No, but if if someone was like, hey, I need you to kind of just wait around for 61 minutes, you're like, all right, I have this book that I've been trying to finish anyway. Okay, but maybe if that was, like, 3.30 in the afternoon, you're asking me to do that during sleeping hours? No, thank you. Oh, okay, yeah, no. Yeah, do you see the issue? Anyways, so Renegade enters the room, they close the door, and they said as soon as they entered, they felt a presence, but they're like, I'm going to continue because there were no red flags about feeling other presences in here. So they continue, they sit in the chair, they're staring forward into the darkness. And at some point, they're like, it kind of started to feel like the room had no walls and that it was just darkness that extended out forever, you know? Hate it. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. And they start to feel as if it has, you know, nothing. And they also start to feel a sense of emptiness. Like there's just this never ending blackness and nothing else. And then they start, remember, they're looking through their peripheral. They start seeing movement in the mirrors on either side of them. And they're like, okay, that's interesting. But this poster thought maybe it was like the flicker, the way the candle flickered. And it's just kind of casting the light weird on his body. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of try to like move the candle, kind of block out the light, like just make it so that they can try to figure out like, is that movement from the candle in me or is that something else? Yeah, so they kind of okay. do their, their they're attempt. Debunking. Yeah, their attempt at debunking. Yeah. Okay. And they're like, there's no way. Like the candle's covered. I'm sitting still and I still see movement. Like that's not me. So now they're certain that they're seeing movement in the peripheral vision. That's not them. And Renegade over here, they're so focused on not looking at anything in the mirrors that they're not quite sure when they started hearing murmuring. But at some point they realize, wait, I am hearing murmuring. I'm hearing other voices. So they start hearing this and they state that it was not in their head. It was very clearly coming from outside and coming in. And they said it wasn't like a whisper but rather like they were listening in on a conversation, like a full-blown conversation, but with like a pillow over their ears or something. Okay. So finally, Renegade is like, okay, I'm going to ask a question. And they ask if they were alone. And they are met with silence. So he's like, well, I know I just heard murmuring. So they ask, who am I talking to? And from the left, they hear someone, they hear someone who knows. And from the right, they heard yourself. These fucking uh, demons are fucking comedians. Okay. okay. Who am I talking to? Yourself? <laughs> I didn't pay to come to a comedy yeah. show. Okay. Oh, it's free. It's on the house. It's on my dad's house, actually. It's something. Real freaking comedians here. So Renegade then is like, someone who knows what? Because that's kind of what they're like. What? Someone who knows? What are you talking about? 
And then murmuring from both sides. And both are kind of talking over each other. And they just Renegade cannot make out everything that's said. But what they do pick up is why you're here. They're like, what the fuck are you talking about? So they're hearing all these voices. And they note that the movement in their peripheral vision has increased on both sides. And they're like, it's so intense that Renegade felt like the movement was coming out of the mirrors. And it wasn't isolated inside of the mirrors anymore. And it was so intense on their left side that they leaned away and nearly tipped their chair over in the process. And then they start hearing things around the room. They start hearing breathing, ticking, a knock, bickering, and like just a whole bunch of sounds all around. And they're like, I don't know what's going on. So Renegade's just listening, trying to pick up whatever they can. And he's not always knowing what's said. um, But he knows that everything that is said is about them. So the critter to the left that was like, um, someone who knows the critter to the left seemed to have known things about Renegade that they never told anyone, like very personal doubts, an example provided by Renegade. And I actually just copy pasted this. Um, this is directly from their Reddit post. And it says a few years ago, my best friend of over a decade killed himself. And this was the first thing it attacked me with left. You let him die. It's your fault. Me. It's not my fault. I didn't know he was in that deep left because you never cared about anyone but yourself. Me, that's not true. Left, yes it is, but that's okay. Come on over here and see him now. And then later on, later on from the left, they hear, you're going to hell, you're going to burn. They state, I have faith. The right side then says, you can't lie to us. Okay, so I need to know if y'all are on each other's side or if you're against one another, because it feels like everyone's against me and I feel attacked. Right. On this one, it feels like everyone's attacking me. Mm -hmm. Like, First of all, Renegade, your friend, very awful. Not your fault. No one. I mean, I don't know the circumstances. I'm just assuming it's not your fault. Mm -hmm. But also, screw left and right here because how do they know? They lie to them all you want. I don't care. Tell them the truth all you want. I don't care. So definitely not a great feeling. And the critter on the left, they kind of explain it felt like they were trying to lure them from their chair and to look at the left mirror. So they just... They're just kind of sitting and listening, and at one point they feel a presence directly behind them. But the sounds of the conversation sounded like they were fading away. And eventually, Renegade would realize the fan behind him was no longer on. What the hell? And, like, they stated it was off for so long, the room had started getting really hot, and he was starting to sweat, and he had not noticed. I say he, I don't know if this is a male or female, I'm sorry. I don't remember that in the rules. What do you do in that well, situation? Well, he freaks out and Fair. he jumps out of his chair or they jump out of their chair. And this actually causes them to drop the candle, which then goes out. Okay. And they are at this point, they're kind of in a state of panic and they attempt to relight the candle thinking they needed to, but it wouldn't light. They're panicking and then lights turn on in the basement. They turn on the lights in the basement. And when they leave the room, their girlfriend's waiting outside the door for them. And sh- she's like, what happened? And the girlfriend would go on to tell Renegade they had actually knocked on the door a few times to check on them. And each time they were met with a response of, I'm fine. But the girlfriend never heard anything else come from the room. Renegade certainly cannot explain what happened. But even with that, they plan to play again. But they stated they plan to look in the mirror. Why? Would you want what? Out of sheer curiosity. Now, I could not find an update of what 
happened or if they ever did play again and look in a mirror. I'm just telling you, the end of their post, they're like, I'm going to play again and look in the mirror. How and that was it? the end of Renegade. Yeah, that was the end <laughs> of Renegade for sure. Now, just like any other games we share with you, you play these at your own risk, okay? I, I don't summon demons to my house. Unless their name is Cody, the demon is not in this <laughs> house, okay? Or Maisie. She's just... Those are different, though, okay? But just remember, you may be on your throne, but another entity, you may be the fool... To another entity, you may be the fool or the queen to them. Hence the title, Three Kings. Ooh, that's eerie. So, that is the game of the Three Kings. Yeah. Um, not for a second did I consider playing that. Well, that's because I said you had to be mentally, emotionally, and spiritually sound. Oh, even if I was a unicorn, I would not play that. Well, I think if you were a unicorn, you'd be like, why would anyone play that? I would definitely be spiritually sound if I was a unicorn, I think. But mentally and emotionally? Oh, I don't know. I've never met a unicorn. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Listen. Just, sounds I, like a lot of work. Cody and I own a unicorn book. Like a little kid. I can't remember what it's called. It's a little kid's unicorn book. It's like Thelma the Unicorn. That sounds right. And that was not a mentally sound, maybe not mentally, emotionally sound unicorn. I can see that. Because when you say Thelma, I think (laughs) of that old TV show. Oh, my God. What was it? With the old lady. Scooby-Doo. That's a Velma. Yeah, that's a Velma, not a Thelma. I'm thinking Um, of Thelma and Louise? No, it's with the... Mama's family. Oh, okay. Maybe you're too young for that. I'm thinking Mama's family, where it's just this smart ass old lady who has like curly gray hair and she's always wearing an apron and she's just sassy. That's who I think of when I when you say Thelma. Look, I'm just talking about a children's book about a pony that wanted to be a unicorn. Okay. Oh, no wonder he's. <laughs> it's upset. It's a good book. You should probably get it for Annie. Okay, I'm gonna look for it. Okay, I'll take a picture and send it to you if I remember. But anyways, I hope you enjoyed a paranormal game. I did. I feel like I had a lot of commentary on that. Sorry, I constantly interrupted you. You're fine. I had to constantly blow my nose. Yeah, a couple of those times I used to vamp. Could y'all tell which times? Probably not. That's fine. There's not going to be a quiz. There is going to be a quiz. There's going to be a quiz. Just ask my dad. I'm quizzed on everything. <laughs> He's going to start quizzing us on our own bullshit. Just wait. He's going to be like, what episode did you say? Dad, I have no freaking clue. I have to live through the episode and then edit it and then re-listen to it. I, I blocked it all out. It's all blacked out. Oh, mine's gone as soon as I hit the end button. It's exactly out of here. But I can tell you what episode I said that on. It was on one of the ones on Spotify exactly and apple podcasts and all the other ones yeah yeah so ta-da done there all right well thank you all for listening to helen hills podcast to see pictures from this episode you can follow us on instagram helen hills podcast x formerly twitter helen hills pod or facebook by searching helen hills podcast you can find us on linktree by typing in helen hills podcast if you want to support us please like review share rate and subscribe on your preferred listening platforms if you want to take your support one step further so we can create additional content for you you can donate through patreon where we're working to release specials for our patrons if you have your own true crime or paranormal story suggestions or words of encouragement please email us at helenheelspodcast at gmail.com thank you all so much for listening be sure to tell your friends to listen as well bye bye